This is an AMI podcast. Hey, Dave Brown here. If you enjoy this podcast portion of our show, remember you can watch it live every day at 9 a.m. Eastern time on AMI-tv. Welcome back to Now with Dave Brown. I'm Alex Smythe, filling in for Dave Brown, who's off somewhere enjoying his best life. Uh, Cryptocurrency has been making a lot of headlines this last month, but despite some of the collapse of the exchange platform FTX, it's got us thinking about the accessibility of blockchain technology for digital currencies. Joining us now to explore some of the pros and cons of this is Marco Pascua, the co-founder of Meaningful Access Consulting. Hey, Marco, how's it going? Pretty good, Alex. How are you? Oh, not too bad. I'm excited to dive into this topic. It's so fascinating. There's so many ways we can go, but I think most of us have heard and encountered cryptocurrency and, and blockchain, but whether we understand it is another thing. So before we can explore it any further, can you give us some quick insight into what they are and how they work in tandem with one another? Yeah, sure. So I actually kind of took the time to break this down. I, I got the dictionary definition, I guess you'd say, uh, or what they're talking about online. So a blockchain is a decentralized ledger of all transactions across a peer-to-peer -peer network. So using the technology, participants can confirm transactions without the need for essential authority. So basically without the need for a bank or any government officials, whereas a cryptocurrency is a form of digital asset that's based uh, and distributed across a large number of computers. And so so the decentralized structure allows for them to exist outside of the control of, again, governments or a centralized authority like a bank. And so I think that that's where it's a bit of a contentious issue for some people is that, um, you know, cryptocurrency and, and blockchain really exists within individuals being able to operate it on their own. And they don't actually need um, a lot of our traditional structure. So without a hand or a finger in that for a lot of government authorities or different banks and things, that's where it becomes a little bit of an issue. And as we've heard over the past couple of weeks, even as the FTX things have heated up, um, this can also become an issue for other reasons as well. <laughs> yeah, absolutely. Like I, anytime I read one of these news stories, my head always is kind of spinning just as I go with, with all the terminology. It's it's all the the technology behind it. Now, one thing I, I, I I've never been involved with cryptocurrency or blockchain or anything yeah. of that sort, but can you tell me a bit about, like, when it comes to cryptocurrency, how is the accessibility when you compare it to physical currency like bills and coins? Are there any benefits to having it all digital? Sure. Well, I'm sure our community here on AMI can attest to the fact that sometimes when you're handling physical bills or coins, it can actually be quite difficult for individuals with dexterity issues. You have to hand people money. Sometimes you might drop something. For people in the low vision or blind community, this is an additional issue because if you don't know what bills you put into your wallet before you left the house, for example, or someone hands you a physical bill, you don't actually know what you're getting back in return. So somebody could give you an incorrect change. Someone could be deliberate and malicious about the amount of money that they're giving back to you. So what this really does is this allows the individual to have an opportunity to know exactly how much money or, or uh, 
whatever they happen to be using across blockchain that they're sending across, they have that confirmation of that number. They know exactly where they're going and they're able to exchange it between one person to another without the interference of something else getting in the way. So I think that that is where we've seen a lot of the accessibility issues in the past um, is that it's clunky. We know that everybody is using their Apple Pay or their Google Pay wallets these days. So everyone is going, it seems to be going a lot more digital and, uh, and then blockchain is really just a part of sort of that evolution of how we make transactions in the world, whatever that transaction happens to be. Well, that's a very uh, good point that you make. It's like we, we've already kind of moved for the most part away from the physical currency itself into this digital platform. Cryptocurrency and, and blockchain just is that next stage, that evolution of what we're already mm -hmm. using. But in terms of blockchain and cryptocurrency, are there are there barriers that uh, when it comes to accessibility as well? Yeah, absolutely. I and this is one of the reasons why I do have a crypto wallet, but I really honestly don't use it at all that often because I think that in order for them to evolve in a way that makes sense for a lot of people, um, cryptocurrencies use. Um, a lot of interfaces that aren't super accessible. A lot of the chains or the codes use hexadecimal uh, uh, sort of uh, codes or strings of code. And this is really not that user-friendly. So I think that in order for blockchain and digital currencies to be more accessible, we need to start looking at accessible interfaces, just like we do with many of our apps or our websites. And um, it was actually um, sort of expressed in an article that I read prior to today's show that actually utilizing QR codes, which many people have sort of scoffed and sort of these things uh, you know, came into existence about 2012 to 2015. And at the time, people were like, what are these digital codes? People keep saying, point your camera at and it'll take you to a website or whatever. And people weren't really using it, but they're actually making a resurgence now. And I think that using QR technology could actually be a way that could be a lot more accessible because somebody could then scan somebody's wallet or digital wallet or whatever the case may be, just like they do when they tap something at a store and it would actually do the interpretation for them if you're searching for a particular blockchain or you're searching for something it can be very confusing which i think to your point alex is why a lot of people haven't dove into this technology yet because it seems very overwhelming and you're like well i don't really exactly know how this works and and i trust the old system because i know i go to a bank i say i want to make a transaction and that money comes to me and so on and so forth so i think that it's just it's a learning curve and a hump that many people including myself have to get over. Um, but having accessible interfaces would really make that big difference for those in the disability community. Now, one thing that I've always understood when it comes to blockchain and, and cryptocurrency is the fact that given the it's one of the pros or, or one of the uh, things that was really favorable was it was less regulated. This was more person-to-person uh, -person use. It was more protected. Is would trying to kind of gain, uh, uh, not really force, but encourage these uh, different sites, these companies to really invest in more kind of accessible formats? Like, is would that not be seen potentially as a, a form of like regulating the, these sites or these services? I think so. And I think that they're already starting to try to do that. I don't think that there's anything wrong with the fact that it's an interaction between one peer to another peer without a centralized unit. I think that that's a really positive thing. That's what is the appeal for it. However, as you know, with uh, the Accessible Canada Act and everything that we have coming down the pipeline for that, why aren't we considering things like blockchain uh, a technology of the future that really needs to adhere to certain things? I'm not saying that you need to regulate the entire process because a lot of people are like, that's why I'm on blockchain to begin with. But I'm saying that 
accessibility should never be an afterthought. Universal design should never be an afterthought. It should always be looked at as a super gain for many of these organizations and big tech companies because it's been proven. The second that Apple started to make accessibility at the forefront for all their new iPhones and various products, um, and that it was a feature for all users as opposed to, oh, this is a feature for people with disabilities. Um, people were like, I get it. Having dark mode, having contrast modes, being able to increase um, you know, the font size for things. These should be things that people consider out the gate because you're actually going to get further and more adoption quicker. And I think that all of these technologies really need to consider this as we move forward, right? Absolutely. And I, I couldn't agree more. You know, there's all the benefits to just having these features available for those who want to use it. You, you increase your consumer base. You make it that your platform is and your service is the one that more people are going to go to because it offers all these different features available that maybe someone else might not offer it then. Now, exactly. And and so I, I think I already get the sense here, but uh, I, I want to ask, like, are you in favor of this going forward? Is, is this something that you're going <laughs> to kind of start to explore and maybe dive into a bit uh, going forward? I mean, maybe. My whole thing is, is that blockchain, people should know this, can be used for other things other than just financial transactions. I mean, this can include things like um, settling trades if you're in the stocks, uh, you know, traditional stocks. This could be things like voting and ensuring secure voting so that there isn't um, other individuals tampering with things that you are directly involved with sending over your vote to a particular, um, you know, source, uh, which I think is very, very popular uh, among a lot of people and everything going on in the world right now. And of course, um, many other issues can be solved with blockchain just because it's that direct and more secure network transaction. So for me, I love that aspect of it. But I'm always going to be a fan of cash. A cash is king. And it's actually been a real problem. You know, when you go into certain stores now and they say we are cashless, we don't accept cash. I'm sorry, but you know, uh, Canadian currency is still legal tender. So technically speaking, these, these stores cannot deny somebody for wanting to use cash that we have in hand. And so I'm on the fence because if we were to lose power tomorrow or, uh, for example, our banking system were to go down or the networks were to go down, how do you know exactly how many funds that you had in your account? And then all of a sudden things are just wiped and gone. So I think that there's always going to be a need for having physical money, physical coins, just in the event that we don't know we have a massive power outage or uh maybe there's a, a solar storm or something there's a lot of things that people have been talking about you know are on the horizon or on the forefront and i just think that we need to consider all aspects uh, before we dive fully into digital anything in my opinion absolutely well and it was funny too because this weekend uh i went and just got a, a copy from mcdonald's and i handed uh, uh the cashier five dollars like oh this is real money it's like it, it, it becomes it, it's it's such a weird thing to be like, well, yeah, it's real money. It's a uh, cash is, as you say, it's still legal tender. You still accept it. But it's just you get so used to it as a society going cashless. Yes. And I, I'm sure, you know, the past couple of years with the pandemic didn't help that people didn't want to be handing over physical Handling. currency yeah. to each other. But, yeah, it's 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 a unique future. I, I'm I'm on the fence about it still. I think I, I want to see it in more applications before. I really kind of sign on board with with blockchain and things like that. As you mentioned, you know, it's not just for financial trades and cryptocurrency. There's so many other uses for it. But I think I kind of need to see more before I'm fully on board and say, yeah, this is what what I want to sign up for. 
I'm I fully agreed. I'm in your camp. Um, and maybe it's because the year I was born. I was born in 1985. So literally, I was born before the mass use of social media and the internet. So I'm, I'm that sort of digital slash analog kid that's in between both. And I understand the both and the use of technology. But I really think that um, the reliance purely on digital, even as a techie myself, um, it can be a very dangerous slope to go down. So I, I'm going to be waiting on the fence uh, with, eager, with eager hands and eager eyes. We'll say. <laughs> Marco, thank you so much for bringing this topic forward. It was a really fascinating conversation. No problem, Alex. I'm always looking forward to it. And I always like to do something a little bit different on my show. So thanks for coming along the journey with me. <laughs> yeah, we love it. That is Marco Pasqua, the co-founder of Meaningful Access Consulting. You can follow him on Twitter at Marco underscore Pasqua. Hey, Dave Brown here. If you enjoy this podcast portion of our show, remember you can watch it live every day at 9 a.m. Eastern time on AMI-tv. Hi, I'm Red Sale, inviting you to download the latest episode of My Life in Books, where internationally acclaimed authors discuss their lives, their work, and three books that have resonated with them. That's My Life in Books, available wherever you get your AMI podcasts.